I'm Tim Kittrow, and you're tuned in to the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention, Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. (laughs) You can stop worrying. Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Jack Kavanaugh. Raheem Mostair, as I would like to call him. And Jason Draven. Nah, man. Just let's watch some football. Boom shakalaka. Welcome back, everybody, to the Important Nonsense Podcast. 32 teams in 32 days, breaking down the entire NFL uh, for you to get you prepped for the 2021 fantasy football season. My name, as always, is Mr. Neil Smith, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Steve Bonham. Howdy. Howdy is appropriate as we are sitting down here. Yeah, as as we are sitting down to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, As always, everything we reference is based on 12-team PPR. We'll be referencing the Fantasy Pros ECR as well as our own collateral here at ImportantNonsense.com. Check us out at ImportantNonsense.com and also at ImportantNonsense.com slash Patreon. Uh, If you like what you hear, help us keep the lights on. The the Dallas Cowboys, Steve. Oh, and by the way, uh, we were recording this on July 31st, so if anything we were going to say sounds dated, uh, check out the wrap-up show where we will be updating all of our advice and takes uh, right before the season starts, just to clear up anything for you before uh, before we actually kick things off officially. But anyway, the Dallas Cowboys, Steve, is 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 always has been interesting for pff, the last several years, really. And uh, you know, there's there's a couple different things, but realistically, it's going to look a lot like it's going to look a lot like it did last year, except we referenced it a couple shows back. No more Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is gone. It's going to look a lot like it did first five games of the year. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) Yeah. And really there's, there's not too much in the way of ads. The, there is a little bit of subtraction just as I referenced, Andy Dalton is now in, uh, in Chicago, but beyond that, there isn't too much to update as far as personnel changes heading on the offensive side of the ball, heading into, uh, to 2021. So Dak is back. He yep. is he is healthy. He is in camp, and he has looked. Get your great. Oikos Greek yogurt. Get your Oikos Greek yogurt. Absolutely, and he has looked great in camp. So he's been running around. He's been hucking it around. A lot of videos coming out. He looks fantastic. The one minor hiccup is that he does appear to have a slight shoulder strain. So that is going to sideline him for a little while here. From all reports, it does not sound too serious, and he uh, he should be fine. So I'm I'm not overly concerned about that. Dak is uh is going to be a stud once again, and I don't know. Are you worried about that, Steve? Are you worried about him tweaking his shoulder? No, I just thought it was interesting because this is probably realistically like this is probably his first time throwing that many passes since the injury. So I feel like that's more well. of just like a rust thing. That was my thought as well. His body is coming back because I can't imagine with the injury he suffered that, and don't Google it, um, the uh, the injury he suffered last year that he would realistically be able to throw too much in the in the off season. So, but he's my QB four. I'm all about it. Right back at right back near the top of the tree. How about you? Uh, he is my QB three right now. Um, we've talked about this several times, like after yeah. Murray and Mahomes. He's in that tier with Allen and Mar Jackson. So and, yeah, and order that however you like. But yep. so there's there's not a whole lot to talk about. Put the think, names in a hat and pull one out. 
Yeah. I think the only thing that's meaningful is, you know, with the Cowboys, you're talking about, it used to historically be for the last few years, it's Zeke is the, is the, the straw that stirs the drink over there as far as what's Zeke going to do. And that's how other teams deploy against them. But I think that has shifted over the last couple seasons to where now it's Dak. What is Dak going to do? How do we, how do we stop Dak? This guy's going to carve us up. And Zeke is still an important factor in that, but he is no longer the driving catalyst that is now firmly transitioned over to Dak Prescott, which makes sense because he is the quarterback. So as far as, as far as things that matter, you know, normally we would, we would talk about either running back or wide receiver here. And uh, where, where would you like to start, Steve? Do you want to go through the running back situation? Running back just because this is, it's not a huge talking point, but I think we'll spend a lot of time at wide receiver. That's that's a good call. So let's just knock out running back real quick. So Zeke, uh, healthy back. He's actually lost some weight. He's been looking great in camp as well. He looks lighter, and you know, you would. So Man. it's uh, <laughs> it's one of those situations where uh, if Zeke, he's my RB six. So there's not a huge amount of analysis here. He's in that tier with your yep. your Aaron Joneses and your your Austin Ecklers and, and just depends on how you, you, you tear all that out. Yeah. So no, Zeke. I'm with you for, for all that time. He was a top five guy. He was one of those locked in top five half to halves. And now he is the best guy for me outside of that tier. Yep. He is, he is number six as well, right outside that top five. And that's how he's being drafted. That's how he is in the ECR. I think the bigger talking point is Tony Pollard. Yes, that's 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 the that's the that's the elephant in the room, the running right. back room. So there is a deep dark circle in the uh, fantasy community that is, I believe, uh, led and the, the skull held and bones, up. the skull yeah. and bone society of fantasy they're, football. They're led and held up by our guy Bo McBriar, um, Bo McBig Time, who loves him some Tony Pollard and believes that Tony Pollard is a top twenty back in the league regardless of what Zeke does, that he's just going to have that Whoa. much of a role in the league. So yeah, it's, it's, there are people out there that believe Tony Pollard is good enough to be the guy this year. How, where are you on Tony Pollard? Is he simply a handcuff for you or does he have a role on the team? No, I've got Tony Pollard right around. Like he's, he's in that, he's in that RB 38 to RB 40 range. He's, he's right in there. So he's, he's, he's in the handcuff territory for the most part. He's kind of the bottom part of flex running back. So I'm not prepared yet to, to call Tony Pollard a, uh, anoint Tony Pollard. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Although I will say, you know, I get, I get the hype train. I get where Bo is trying to drive people. It's, uh, it's, it's one of those situations where, uh, when he's out there, and when he's, when you see what he can do, he's fantastic. Like Tony Pollard is, is a great at, player. At one but... point last year during the Dalton era, which we don't like to talk about, wasn't the nerd part of that as well? He was. He saying absolutely that Tony was. Pollard should be ahead of Zeke. Yes, he absolutely was. And Tony Pollard, when he gets the ball in his hands, can do some electric things. But Ze- yeah. I don't think he's done enough to supplant Zeke at this point. I think they're going to ri- ride back out. It's Zeke's job. Tony Pollard will yeah. be out there. He'll be doing his thing, but it's going to be similar to like other years. Now, that being yeah. said, the reason why Tony Pollard is in the 40s is because of is because of that. But he, it's hard to put him higher than that when we kind of know what his job historically has been. However, right. if Zeke was to get hurt, Tony Pollard, I, I could yeah. totally see that's at that why point. he's a handcuff. Yeah. I mean, look, to me, I'm with you. I think people will just get sucked into that trap of last year. Like you talked about it, the straw that stirs the drink, right? Now people are adjusting to, we got to stop 
uh, Dak? What's Dak going to do? And I mentioned those five games when Dak was healthy. Not only was he the number one quarterback, Amari Cooper was the number two overall wide receiver at that point during that time frame. But Zeke was the number one running back in PPR for those first five weeks of the season. So having Dak in that passing game was so critical because after he got hurt, when Andy Dalton was the starting QB, to your point, what you were saying, like all defenses just crammed the box. They said, nope, Zeke isn't going to beat us. If you're going to beat us, it's through the air with Andy Dalton. We or Ben DiNucci. Yeah, or Ben yeah. DiNucci. Or the Nooch. Yeah, and none, of them could, and none of them could do it. And it was the right call. It was, yeah. it's, what, it's what any and quality even, NFL defense will do. They'll adjust yeah. your best player. Exactly. And even then, if you just went back last year and you looked in PPR scoring at running back from week six, which would have been the time that um, they officially started Dalton for an entire game. And look at what Ezekiel Elliott did. From week six through week 17, he had the RB24 season during that time frame. So he was still a top 24 back, even with Andy Dalton getting him basically murdered on every single play. So for him to have the year that he was able to have, again, I understand it wasn't what you went into hoping for. Nobody can blame you for that. But you have to keep in mind, he had those three weeks he was playing a a little bit hurt, too. After they had their bye week in week 10, if you just look from weeks 11 through 17, when Zeke came back in the back end of the year healthy, he was still a top 20 back. So, I mean, again, Dak being there, having the balance makes him go back to where we were at the beginning of last season. I'm fine taking Zeke as my number six running back off the board. I'm fine taking him in the first round. And I'm not scared of Tony Pollard. Sorry, Bo. No, I'm sorry, Bo, because I'm, <laughs> I'm going to echo all of those sentiments. Uh, it's, 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 absolutely, it's absolutely the... It's the adjustment that 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 needs to happen back with with Dak returning because there's no possible way that there's no possible way that that Andy Dalton was ever going to do anything but get but kind of crash the car. So you referenced Amari Cooper in there in that analysis, Steve. So I think we've covered the 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 Dallas running back room. Let's let's pivot over into wide receiver. So I guess the elephant here the the did did are people of the impression that that Amari Cooper is like dead or that he yeah, pretty that much he, that he uh, is no longer on the Cowboys because that's the talking point they still have Amari Cooper they had CD Lamb obviously CD Lamb Michael Gallup is still there uh, nothing else really to note I mean you're not really looking at Cedric Wilson or or anything like that or a Noah Brown or a Malik Turner there's there's nothing really else there it's it's kind of going to be the, those big three guys again and big is in is in asterisk as it relates to michael gallup so you referenced it right there amari cooper was the number two overall fantasy receiver with dak healthy and playing and right now amari cooper is is being treated as though he is nothing more than an afterthought by the fantasy community so for me i have amari cooper at wide receiver 13 yep and actually, I have to make an adjustment here to move somebody in front of him down. So he'll be 12. And 
I feel great about it. I think, you know, if he was a starting, he's in that tier. If he was my number one wide receiver as, as at, at 12, I would be not necessarily thrilled with it, but it w- it would be acceptable. Right. I still view him in that way, but a lot of people I think do not, do not feel that way. And they are ready to anoint Mr. CD lamb as the neck, the second coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just curious. I think I know the answer to this. And I think if people just Google your Twitter profile, <laughs> uh, they'll figure it out quick. Uh, how do you feel about this? How does, how does the situation look to you? Yeah. And again, first of all, let me clarify. We talked about this last off season. I love CD lamb. He was easily far and away. My number one wide receiver in that rookie draft class. He was the guy that I was targeting in any rookie draft I had. Like he is a great player. There are, he's so good. It's It's hard to find comps to him physically and from a talent perspective. So with Dak at the helm, I think CD lamb could absolutely be a top 10 wide receiver. He could absolutely break out. Now he plays in the slot. Mari Cooper plays on the outside. Michael Gallup plays on the other side. So I think Lamb is going to have a lot of value. I think he's going to have a good season. He is still the number two to me at this point until I can see otherwise. Amari Cooper is my number one on this roster. I am right in line with you. I've got Amari Cooper at 12, but he is right in that tier that we've mentioned several times where once you get out of the top three, he's in that tier of I'll take any of these guys as my wide receiver one and feel good about it. And I think he's still going to be productive. He's still going to have a good season. He's never had a really terrible season with the Dallas Cowboys since the trade to bring him over. So I think Amari Cooper definitely has plenty of good football left in him. I think it's really being exaggerated. Like what, what the impact is going to be for CD lamb, especially out of the gates when Dak comes in. So yeah, last year, I talked about the fact that through four weeks, I included the fifth week when he got hurt. But through the first four weeks, when Dak was fully healthy, at 21.3 points per game, Amari Cooper was the number one wide receiver in PPR fantasy football. C.D. Lamb, again, a rookie, learning the offense, still adjusting, was number 16. So it's not like it's out of the realm of possibility that both of them could have a top 10 or top 12 season. I have Lamb in the top 20. I'm just not going to reach for the price I'm probably going to have to pay. And right now, the public has it reversed. They have Lamb at 12, Amari Cooper at 16. When you're looking at the ECR, Amari Cooper is at 12, Lamb at 14. It's getting closer. He keeps creeping up the ECR as well. But the public has already made the flip and the switch because CeeDee Lamb is the sexier pick. Yeah, that, and that's kind of the, the advice that I would offer for evaluating the Cowboys. There's, I view that as incorrect, right? Like it's 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 too soon to want to make that switch for me. And for me, I've got CD Lamb at 22. I think he's going to have a fantastic season, and he's going to be great. Be happy to get him at that at that investment level. But what people are already doing is trying to project that he's going to have top 15 season. And are willing to pay up for that. So unfortunately, I won't be able to roster much CD Lamb. However, I will roster a lot of Amari Cooper. So if they're if they're going to give you a discount yeah. on Amari Cooper, that's that's the actual advice for your draft day. I think is 
I would caution against overpaying for CD Lamb, and I would focus on getting a bargain on on Amari Cooper in the room. Yeah, so and then he, Michael Gallup is the third guy, the guy on the outside, and 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 everybody else in that room, like Cedric Wilson, Noah Brown, Malik Turner, Simi Fioko. It, there's nobody out there that I'm actually interested in other than Gallup. He's a guy that you can get as a discount, and it depends on your league settings and and your starters. Like we always talk about three starting wide receivers and a flex. If that's the case, then Michael Gallup kind of fits into that flex territory. I've got him high-end 40s right in that Odell Beckham range that we talked about a couple episodes ago. Yeah, and I've got him closer to like 45, but that's mostly because I'm a bitter former Michael Gallup owner. And I just don't want to deal with the headache because even with Dak being in there, uh, it's really inconsistent. However, Michael Gallup does have value and he will get you he will get you some big games in there. I just don't want him as anything more than kind of like a low end flex. Yeah, that's that's the level that I'm willing to commit to that. So at that point, really, there's not much else to talk about at wide receiver. So we should spend a moment talking about tight end and about how people are, uh, I, I think, a little, you know, confused on what's going to happen with uh, with tight end here, because you've got Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz. And, you know, you know, Blake Jarwin, I think, is the one that the, us, the website that we would all agree that that is who you want coming back off the injury because of what he was able to do before he got hurt. And that Dalton Schultz had a nice second half of the season, but realistically is not is not the starter uh, in that room. So I don't know. How, how do you view the, the Cowboys tight end situation? For me, it's Jarwin. Yeah, me too. And generally speaking, we've talked about this, but just as a philosophy, if I don't get one of those top three tight ends, then I'm taking a few dart throws at the end. I don't want one guy. I don't want to fall in a situation where I'm only taking one tight end on my roster and it's going to be Jack Doyle. I I don't want that to be my situation here. What I'm looking for is I'm going to take two or three tight ends in rounds like 12 through 16. And I'm going to get a couple of guys that I feel like have the upside that could be a weekly starter And if not, I'm streaming the position anyway, so I have no problem cutting those guys, and I invested very little to get to that position. Blake Jarwin is one of those guys. For me, I feel like he's got top 10 upside just because of the offense. Like You mentioned they didn't make any moves on the offensive side. On the defensive side of the ball, they got rid of a lot of players who were actually decent. They are going to be even worse than they were last season defensively. Their only hope is to outscore their opponents It is going to be a firework show every week for the Dallas Cowboys offense. Blake Jarwin's part of that. He's going to be one of those guys that's got that dice roll upside to, hey, give me a a touchdown and I win my week at the position. So he's the guy for me that's the clear-cut starter. I understand the appeal for Dalton Schultz because he was the guy that broke out last year. But remember, he broke out after Jarwin was hurt. So there was no competition and he broke out with Andy Dalton, who is no longer the quarterback. So I am not interested in Dalton Schultz at all. I think it's going to be Jarwin, but either way, I'm not investing enough in either one of these guys for it to matter. Exactly. So I've, yeah, I've got Blake Jarwin at, at around 19. So I'm actually a little lower than what our projections in sight would, would tell you. Cause I'm just not totally buying into the consistency level on it, but he gets to go in that, that bucket of exactly like you're talking about end of my draft round 12, 13, possibly 14. I'm going to grab a couple different tight ends and kind of just see what sticks. 
and he's definitely he's definitely in consideration for that. Dalton Schultz is not something I would draft. He, it's a yeah, name. Like what what I'm saying too is this is another situation where Jarwin is a guy I have at top ten. Like I have him at the tenth tight end, and I just think because of opportunity and it's a dart throw at that point. But that's like the upside for him. I have him right ahead of uh, dropped to Miss Prime, our guy Eric Ebron. And both of those guys, Jarwin and Ebron, I bring it up, are right next to each other right now in ADP at tight end 25 and 26. Exactly. So So they're guys that have decent upside that I wouldn't mind starting every week that you can have for free. Yep. So there you go. And that's why why the advice typically is if you don't get one of the big three at tight end and you can't get into that second tier at a reasonable price point for whatever reason, and you just just punt the whole thing. Just punt the whole thing down the road and and go – stream the position and kind of root around in the garbage pile. But that's, that's because you referenced the defense. There's nothing to talk about at defense. It's not no. useful for fantasy purposes. Nope. And then, Stay away. And then kicker, you know, they'll score a lot of points, but it's, and it's, but it's, you know, it's Greg Zerline and he's getting up there in years. So, you know, if you want to, if you want to invest in Greg Zerline, sure, but it's kicker. We're not going to spend too much time on it. So really, I think that, that that's mostly how I think we would advise you to think about the Cowboys. It's you put it perfectly a moment ago. Dak is the guy. Defenses will adjust to that. It should create a lot of soft boxes for Zeke, which should allow him to creep back up to RB6. Go with Amari Cooper. Don't overpay for CeeDee Lamb if you can get a value on it. Tight end is tight end, and uh, and Michael Gallup is Michael Gallup. But there should be a lot of points scored by this offense because of what they were able to do when the band was all healthy last year before before the dark days, before the empire. Yeah. And uh, before, before that happened, so I expect a return to form to that. It should be it should be very interesting to watch because that defense isn't going to stop anybody. No, They're- I mean the Cowboys should be entertaining if nothing else. And look, if you're upset about if you're a Cowboys fan, all right, and you're upset that the team isn't going to be very good, just remember, I mean, you're a Cowboys fan. So like the, the Yankees just got Anthony Rizzo, and the Lakers just got Russell Westbrook. So you're you're sitting pretty right now. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevier. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!